Hey guys and welcome on a new episode of Alpha Weekly. Today I was recorded with two guys that I met at the cafe here in Barcelona and it was super cool. These guys are super 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 cool. They have such cool stories to share and unfortunately the podcast is a little short today. However, don't hesitate to follow me at marimarks.org and um, on Instagram at underscore marimarks. This podcast published absolutely every week. It's super fun and I hope it brings you tremendous amount of values. See you soon. Take care. Ciao, ciao. So we can get going by you guys introducing yourself. Hey guys, it's Ryan Crandall coming from San Diego, California. This is such a sick intro. <laughs> Hi, this is Robbie Shaw, also from San Diego. <laughs> That's all I can follow up with. <laughs> so this is kind of like a, an unplanned podcast episode. We literally met how long ago? 25 minutes? Because I sat down next to you guys for coffee. And, and you guys, when are you guys leaving? Like, we're, leaving in two hours to, we're, going, we're leaving in two hours to go to Rome. That's really cool. That's really cool. So, okay. So one of you is a business student. Um, yeah, business master student. Uh, me and Robbie have done a few different businesses together, and Robbie himself has done a lot of businesses just on his own. Uh, pretty successful as a digital nomad. That's sick. That's sick. So, Robbie, start by telling us what's your situation right now. What do you do as a businessman, entrepreneur, the digital nomad? What's the label? Um, I guess I'm a digital nomad. I didn't even know about the term till I started doing it, but I do run a few businesses. I find products online, basically, sell it on a website. I also do specifically uh, Google ads for bigger clients in New York. That's cool. That's really cool. That's very trendy right now. What about you? Uh, well, mine's a longer story, but initially how I kind of got into it, was when we were roommates actually in college, uh, I stumbled across like uh, drop shipping through eBay. And uh, I used to sell camping supplies through different third parties on eBay, made really good money, and it was before I knew what drop shipping was. So it became very famous through Tim Ferriss, uh, became very famous in the online community on like reselling items. And I was doing it while being kind of a bartender uh, and a promoter at like clubs and stuff. So not to brag, but yeah, it's a pretty fun <laughs> life. Uh, at least for college. And then afterward, I uh, started uh, touring around the world doing a few different businesses with recruitment, uh, getting affiliate and uh, referral marketing, and then also being a, a whitewater rafting instructor. A whitewater rafting guide. So I'd go around to different like outdoor companies, and they'd hire me as a guide. And so I'd make income as a guide uh, for my language ability and kind of like being an entertainer and a safety instructor. And then I'd also make money putting the groups together. So if I found like six people who want to go rafting, I get paid for the day for being a guide and paid per person. So it was a really good way to go. That's a pretty good business, especially if you want to travel the world and stuff. So how many countries so far? Oh boy. Uh, let's just say most of Asia, um, most of North America, and it's going to be most of Europe soon. Actually, it's our first time in Europe. Like, I've never really done Europe, a Europe trip before. So I know we've got at least like 10 countries lined yeah. up in the next two months. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. I'm just so jealous right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know about quality, quantity-wise, I think I've been about 17, 17 countries. But on, I think also quality, like the duration, is a lot longer than most people. We meet people that say like, oh, I lived in this country for two weeks. 
I don't know if that count. No, other people I know. And it's like, well, me and Robbie have lived, I lived in Japan for seven years. And then me and Robbie together, Robbie lived in Taiwan for a number of times, and we lived together in an apartment in Taiwan for six months. So we, we've definitely been on the, on the war path. So, like, is this, is this a travel buddy, intense relationship, like, friendship that you guys have? We have, a, we have a lot of experiences. A lot of great experiences together. Even last... Well, I shouldn't say that. No. <laughs> I, met in a, I met in a good way. <laughs> I met, like... No, just, like, the people we meet. Like, last night we went out. We, were, we didn't know we were meeting you on the coffee shop, but we meet people from time to time. It's a cafe. Coffee shop in Barcelona is where you buy weed. Oh, oh. oh really? Yeah. Really? We did not know that. I've been telling everybody I'm going to the coffee shop. <laughs> uh, but like even last night, we meet, we meet two new friends uh, and we go to the beach together. We went out for drinks. We went to the beach again for drinks. And it's just like you, you form those little, little relationships and those little threads and, and experiences along the way. And, and me and Robbie have shared that a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah. To be honest, it's probably the sickest thing that like I love about traveling because like, I mean, so far, you guys are probably a little older than I don't know how you guys are, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, what are you trying to say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, like, for example, I just love going traveling solo. Like, it's so cool because then you have to go out. Otherwise, it's just your own company. And, like, meeting people randomly, it's, it's so strange that how when you travel, you just meet the right people. Because you're thinking about attracting a certain type of people to you and you just always end up meeting that type of people. Yeah, totally. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thanks, Robbie, for your very <laughs> deep commentary on this podcast. You can see that you've done this before. So in terms of business, like, what got you started in the Internet of Things type of businesses, you know? So, like, right now you have the one of your clients in New York City. You have the one that is, like selling stuff on the internet can you give us a bit more a bit more depth to that and like how you manage everything at once how you manage having a social life going drinking traveling partying being an entrepreneur how do you do it Robbie tell us um, I don't <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard I, I guess I should go into a backstory so after college um, I really just wanted to start a business that's all I wanted to do I wanted to be an entrepreneur so I went straight to Taiwan, started a smoothie shop, grew it, cool. franchised. We had 18 stores across the country, and I hated my life. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I just sat down next to... How old are you? Uh, I'm 31 right now. Okay, you're 31 right now. And you tell me that just after college, you went to Taiwan. So and like you, And like yeah. at 22, you started the franchise of the smoothie shop. Like, dude... You are killing it. Like, seriously, that's something else. I was expecting, yeah, I make 500 euros a month on eBay. Like, no, no, no. I'm, but honestly, like, I didn't figure out what I wanted, actually wanted. Um, so I didn't enjoy it at all. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of tension. We, um, five partnerships. There was a lot of fights. There was a lot of drama. I think we should have just done a TV show. That would have you know, been more uh, interesting. Funny yeah, kind of side story. So Rob, Robbie and I have like weirdly lived parallel lives in different countries. Robbie, you know, things happen for a reason. Robbie started his franchise, and then he appeared on the Taiwan Taiwanese version of The Bachelor. And basically, his fiance he is the person who he ended up winning. Can we cut this out? Yeah. <laughs> this is How sick. 
Oh my god, yeah, this is amazing. This funny. is amazing. I yeah, love that. So you are on The Bachelor. So basically, you're an ex like TV reality celebrity. We should do a show, Keeping Up with Robbie. Oh, um, he was like, I don't want to play. And like, you, you've, you've ha- at 22, you've had your franchise of Smoothie, but you hated your life. Why did you hate your life? Like, was that not aligned with who you wanted to what be? Why did you hate both? Yeah. Um, it's just one thing after the other, and it really depends on the people you meet. So what looks good from the very beginning, but we basically were in the business of hurting people almost. What do you mean hurting people? Well, with a lot of franchises, the way they work is, you know, you franchise a store, you pay into it, and then you get the support, right? What happens if you don't get that support? What happens if you don't get the right marketing knowledge? What if you just basically bought, like, a house and it's shit on the inside, you know? It's, like, all run down. Like and that is, yeah. It's like a pretty box with no gift inside. It's like a pretty box with no gift inside. And that's what happens with a lot of franchise models, right? You're kind of left to your... So, so, for example... How do I explain a franchise model? So you perfect a business model. You say you open up a burger joint, right? You customize your own burgers. You have your own colors, insignia, slogan, you know, way of training staff, way of paying out staff, an entire business model both on the front end and the back end that's yours and uniquely yours. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it's like maybe similar to other ones, but it's your own, right? And then once you have perfected, other people who want the same exact thing say i'll have one and they buy into it they invest in you and you go in and you make re- recreate the entire thing for them but then they run it okay. so then they're the operations manager or the owner or whatever and that you're teaching them how you do your business how to make the burgers how to pay out staff you're basically taking somebody and they make an investment in you and you're you're teaching them how to run a business so that's kind of how it works Technically, you had like your smoothie shop number one, and then you sold that idea to other people that were then. Yes, we we, okay. part, we partnered up with a franchise agency, and that was the biggest problem because the way that was it, that it was running it became just a legal battle because um, it it basically didn't even become uh, my story anymore. It was just basically what the lawyers said to do. Uh, it had to be done. But I mean, there I was. Yeah, great. I was young. I had a business. I had all these stores. I was working 20 hours a day, and um, I just felt no fulfillment. Um, and that's how I kind of got into like online marketing. Because great, I always said I wanted to travel. I just built a business where there's no way to travel <laughs> uh, with the smoothie business. Uh, and it's one of those businesses where even if there are no um, customers coming into your store in one day, you're still standing there, you know. So I felt like there was a lot of time wasted in this model. And so that's what really got me into like online marketing, plus the relationship, like the long distance kind of sucks. So I was like, well, what kind of business can I get into where long distance isn't a problem? And so like, I decided to go into online marketing. And like since, so how long ago did you start online marketing? 10 years ago? Three years ago. Three years ago, Three years ago. yeah. So you had this movie thing for quite a while then? Six years. Yeah, man. So like, you know how to make good movies? Yes, I do know how to make Yeah, that was kind of how that went. It was a lot of time. Yeah, and it kind of like we were we were on a bus and we were just like like how come there's no smoothie shops in Taiwan, man? Like where where can you find good food? And I left and I went to Japan and then all of a sudden Robbie like calls me up like, hey man, I made a smoothie shop. I'm having the grand opening. Check this out. I was like, you did that? Holy crap! That's quite cool actually. But then from from that journey and from that like. Not mistake, but like from that that 
a bit of your life. Experience. What yeah. did you learn? Like, what are the most important factors that you learned as an entrepreneur? Got to figure out like what is it that I really want, and how much I need to make to do what I want. I did not figure that out. I just wanted to do a smoothie shop because it was cool. Because it's like, well, I want a business, but I didn't answer the next question. Why do I want a business? Same and cynic. Start with why. <laughs> but then you might just wanted a smoothie back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, I, ju- I was just thirsty, so I started a business. You <laughs> started a business, but like so many people actually get engaged in like building stuff that don't, and then they're just so unhappy. It's like today, would you say you fulfill? Oh, oh, oh yeah oh yeah like compared to before I mean there, there's it's funny because like as I start building this business and I say I want to travel more I actually end up um, wanting to work more now like it's, it's weird maybe it's also just reaching a certain age but being in an office being in a room uh, co-working space or something a very routine schedule that that's totally exciting for me now it's kind of weird But maybe that's just like the, the, the I mean we're all different as people yeah. we'll, we'll have different personalities mm-hmm. like for example I have days and I just want to kick everything out the window and be like oh I'm going traveling the world and days when I'm just like okay chill get a book and yeah. sit down you know like but I just feel like just part of, of, of yourself as an individual yeah I and mean, I think part of every kind of like just that mindset entrepreneur mindset like you kind of don't want to stop that's the thing yeah. like traveling is fun but You, it, you, all you have is time so like you're taking that time away from your business so if it's a business you really really do enjoy like you actually want to work on it more and if you can combine it with travel like that's great um, but no there, I don't do this business just so I can like do it two hours a day and then travel I still want to work on it like eight to ten hours a day um, while traveling then at the same time like as an entrepreneur I mean Some people just want to be entrepreneurs because that's cool Instagram label now nowadays. But then, like, how many yeah. people just get screwed over realizing that entrepreneurship is fucking hard? Yeah, or they want they like the idea. They like the the idea of the endless vacation, right? Who doesn't like the idea of the endless vacation, passive income, automated income? Everybody wants to do that, right? I've we've met some pretty awesome entrepreneurs. Very few, and I mean very few, actually really achieve that. And it's always through ways that you don't expect. Everybody's trying to do the kind of the YouTube game right now um, and make courses. And you should do if you like doing that. And if you offer a service or a product that's unique, right? You're not just copying everybody else's, right? Then definitely do it, right? I used to do kind of YouTube videos because I like I like it. <laughs> and but then like I started doing other things, and you kind of just follow follow kind of what makes you unique. I think if you can find something that you're really good at, you know you have natural talent that is better than everybody else and you love to do it keep kind of feeding that emotion um, and if you kind of have the entrepreneur mindset you'll, you'll figure out a product or service around that that you can deliver because people it'll resonate with your customers I mean like and the thing is how many people just do things because like, like you're saying doing the same thing as everybody else but then don't start with why they should do shit you know like for example I, I, was speak, I speak so much about that I don't know it's because it's a very Gary Vee thing right now. But then, like, I wrote a lot about self-awareness. And probably the last four episodes of my podcast, we were mentioning self-awareness. And, like, I'm writing a, a project, a full project about that right now. Because as people, we just do shit because we just want to look cool to other people. And, like, why the fuck would we not do things to look cool to ourselves? 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, being aligned to actually who you want to be. And that takes so much time to, to figure things out. And, like, most of the time, as human beings, we just do shit because we want to be connected to other people. Yeah. But then if you're aligned to yourself and connected to yourself, then you automatically connect to people that are similar to you. When, in fact, if you're just not authentic and you just want to connect to whatever, you just connect to the wrong people and in the long run, find yourself hating your life and just be like, how the hell did I get here? You know? Yeah. I don't know. My thoughts on being well connected? Um, when you to be, I, I think that you're always going to attract similar like-minded people to who, like who you are already. Like, for example, we're having this conversation, right? You, we kind of just sat down and started talking, right? And you can kind of feel like, oh, this person probably is on the same level as us. They want the same type of things, and you can kind of figure that out, even like just in passing by. You, you, I'm sure, like even if you're in college and you like a certain sport and you join that sports club. That's like-minded people coming together. So I think that the entrepreneur community, um, it's very easy for people to stay connected on the internet, obviously, but you can, you can kind of feel it out also. People gravitate toward one another when they're like-minded. So that's kind of why I think that happens, is that there's a lot of noise. It's a whole pool of life. But people who are like kind of you know, vibrating on the same frequency are going to always keep kind of coming together. And that's when you become stronger. Because you're you're finding out the strengths and weaknesses of other people and seeing like who can who complements me and usually if you, those are like the dream teams. So you know me and Robbie have done different businesses because we both have very different you know strengths and weaknesses and we kind of notice that with each other and we've done businesses where you know Robbie Robbie's a marketing awesomeness and I'm a little bit more of a of you know chatty Kathy. <laughs> so I'll be on the <laughs> on the phones with clients more. <laughs> So, like, that's kind of how that works. So that's why I think you always gravitate is just people, you, you pull. It happens unconsciously. It does, it does. But then at the same time, like, you can't get along with every entrepreneur in the no. sense that today, no. no, but today at the same time, like, I don't want to say fake entrepreneur, real entrepreneur. I'm, what I'm trying to say here is, like, some people do it because they think it's cool. Some people do it because that's who they are. Yeah. And like in our DNA, it's ingrained that we are creative, that we are entrepreneurs as humans. But then, for example, I, it's not like I want to be an entrepreneur because it's cool. It's that I feel the fire and the need to be one because I hate having someone telling me what to do. I just, it's not that I don't want to conform. It's that to me, conforming is just not an option. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not like, it's not like, I don't want to do something. It's just that I'm not going to do it because it just feels wrong, but consciously and unconsciously as well. Like, as my nature, I'm made to be my own boss. As my nature, I'm made to lead and, and like, I'm made to learn so much things. But then at the same time, I cannot get along with an entrepreneur that's just like, oh, I do this because it looks cool and I want, you know, it's much more deep than that. It's, it's really weird, actually. Yeah. It's so weird. Okay, Robbie doesn't have anything to say. <laughs> Robbie has things to say. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, Robbie, tell us about your bachelor. Well, speaking on that, it's just, yeah, that, that's what I realized too, like coming from the smoothie shop. I could have sat there, like, I could have continued it. I could have done it for like 10, 20 years, collected royalties and stuff. But like you said, there was a point where I couldn't make a difference anymore. Like I saw something that was wrong and I couldn't do anything about it. And I hate, I hate that feeling. Um, and so I, I had to, I had to get out of there. 
Um, and so even what I do right now, it's it's not glamorous, and it's 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 not easy. I, I think in society, like a lot of people, there's still a lot of judgment. People ask me like, what do you what do you do like, or how much money do you make? Um, how much money do you make? <laughs> what kind of jar? What kind of car do you drive or something? But you know, in the end, it's just like what what does it what really matters to me, right? Like. I kind of just want a simple house, simple car, and it's more of that need. Like my need to get my fiance, yes, that I met on the dating show. Uh, she is in Taiwan. I need to get her to America so that we can live together, and that for me has been the strongest reason of any to do what I do. This is very sweet, actually. This is very, 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 very sweet. But then, like. Oh my god, that got me lost. <laughs> But this is just very, very intrinsic, and that's what matters. Like, we all have different values and different walks of life and different, you know, pillars of why we want to do things. And, like, you're just driven by, by like, a need to be with the person you love. So that's really, like, that's really cool and that's deeply intrinsic. But, like, that's what I feel like when it's extrinsic, extrinsic factors, the need to satisfy other people, the need to be rich need to be but for other reasons this is when people fail when people have the need coming from intrinsic reasons because they just want to be aligned with who they want to be then that's most of the time who you see is successful because you look at people that are extremely rich like the the bill gates like the they don't all show off of their money they actually don't give a shit about that but what matters to them is to be aligned and fulfilled with their own needs and their own yeah i don't know it's on a much deeper level that that one but oh well So, so guys, that was a very, very short podcast. I've got to get going because I have to pay my apartment and I've got to get to work and, and soon I'll be that, that rich and successful entrepreneur, <laughs> but not right yet. So thank you so much for taking part and, uh, and that's it, I guess. Of course. Thank you for having us. Hopefully we can do it again sometime. We can do it again soon. Maybe in Vienna. What about that? That sounds awesome. Let's do it. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Alpha Weekly. I'll see you soon. Take care of yourself. Ciao, ciao. Hey guys, and welcome to a new episode of Alpha Weekly. This week, I am sharing with you a discussion undertaken with a friend of mine, Becky, recently. We're talking about society, and I hope you have so much fun listening to it. Don't hesitate to follow me at underscore Marie Marks on Instagram. Check out my blog, mariemark.org. See you later. Ciao, ciao. Alright, so <laughs> just get started by like kind of introducing yourself, what you do, what brings us together today, speaking about your company. And yeah, just, just tell us about your company, your project. Good. Well, first of all, thank you for, uh, for having me here. And... Um, Well, I'm Wouter, I'm, I'm Dutch, I'm 25 years old and came here in uh, Barcelona um, more or less a year ago and did a master here and just graduated and started a company while I was studying and now since I'm gradu graduated I have 24-7 time to work on this company. Actually, I call it a company but I prefer calling it a dream or a passion where I, uh, that I love to, to work on. Um, and um, that's what I do right now and we met more or less four months ago after um, um, what was this it was Biz Barcelona um, 
started grind exactly and we started we started talking and you told me you did post podcast now today in this uh, beautiful cafe four months later um, I sent you a message and hey this is this is me now we do really cool things let's uh, let's have a little conversation and well that's us here right now <laughs> I like that I like that so okay so what's the name of your company first what do you guys do and what's the dream what, what's the goal with it so Um, the name of the company is Solarmente. It's Solamente, Solamente Solar. Um, it started um, more or less a year ago. Um, when I came here in Barcelona, I saw the electricity prices that rose uh, at 40%, and it's by far the highest here in Europe. And there was a law that that uh, didn't allow the people to have solar energy systems. Uh, in short, the solar energy system is a, an installation that generates free electricity for privately owned households that um, creates the opportunity to reduce the electric, uh, electricity bill ridiculously. So I was, I was surprised because in Holland, the, the country where I'm from, it's normal to have um, solar energy systems. Um, everybody has it. It's a normal topic to talk about. And here in Spain, um, where we have a lot of sun, especially here in Barcelona, especially now during the summer, uh, there is just a lot of sun. And sun is free energy to me. It was not, you were not allowed to have solar energy system, systems till two months ago. The law changed after eight years of being illegal to legal. Everybody here in this country is allowed to have solar energy systems. So what do we do? We deliver and install solar energy systems, um, but in a cool way. So you need uh, a long-term vision of how you can be um, uh, interesting and better than, than others. We work with um, a German company that created a software where you only need your postal code and your house number to um, generate a personalized offer so you can show how much you need to invest how much you can generate and how much you can make actually with your investment because your roof um, every roof here in Spain can generate electricity and money you can actually make money with your investment and that's what we do right now um, and uh, I have a beautiful team where we work with and we work now and every moment we are awake on this uh, this, this dream to, uh, to make it real actually That's super cool, actually. But it's actually true, like, energy system, I mean, solar energy system is free. But why was it legal? Just because, like, mm. corruption? <laughs> no, okay. Um, good question. This is a question uh, people ask me normally. Why was it illegal? Well, the question also for me is why on earth was this illegal in a country with such um, potential? Uh, if we look at the sun during the whole year... Um, What we see here is that the, um, the um, I have to take in mind that there are also people listening that might be from this country. Well, I, I, I try to, uh, I try to. So the guy from politics, I think they go to the big companies, electricity companies, oil companies, and it's I don't know if it's it's a lobby, but it's it's a power that can say um, we will implement a tax system for solar panels because solar energy is a free source um, the source that will be there for thousands millions of years from now on that's free and that is a danger for electricity companies and oil companies a solar panel means less sales for for electricity and less sales for for oil due to the pressure of the european union um, i think they changed this 
um, the whole world is using solar energy systems. They have subsidies for solar energy systems. Spain, the country with the biggest potential here in Europe, was illegal. So I think due to a lot of pressure, uh, my, my expectation was real. Um, they changed the law about solar energy systems. In terms of, of development, so now you've got four people, like four people working with you. Um, working with you, yeah. You've got four people working with you, and in terms of growth, like, so at the beginning you were solo working on it, you're the only founder? Yeah. And like, tell me about your team. Like, how did you surround yourself, who you're surrounded by, and how you build your team as, a, as an entrepreneur? I want to start with the question of how you build a team. I think a successful company depends on uh, multiple factors, and uh, the most important ones are, are an, a cool idea, timing, and a team. And the timing and the team are the most important. What if you have an, an amazing plan? Um, let's take an easy example. Let's take Uber, for example. If you tried to implement Uber 20 years ago with the best team, and then it's unable to, to succeed. It's about the timing, um, the team, and the idea. Right now, we talk about team. Team is the key to success. How do you find the right people? Especially in the beginning, you want to trust people. You want to have a normal conversation with them and you want from them to say if you are performing well or not. It's, you need friends. It's, it's, if, you, if it's going to be only company-wise doing business, there won't be an atmosphere that will be motivating people to work, work with you. Um, I found Victor, uh, my co-founder. I found him in an um, incubation program, an acceleration program, where we were put together um, and asked to, to build um, a fake company um, within two days, um, just to find the right people and the right team in this uh, venture capitalist. And that was, from the beginning, actually, was a great match. We quit this incubation program, but we start working together, um, besides my study, my master program, on the idea we have now. Uh, actually, we're good friends right now. We can have a very good conversation. We can go, go out together. And even more important, we can work together. Um, very efficient um, during seven days a week. Then, finding the right installers, finding the right business developers. For me, I'm not from Catalonia, I'm not from Spain. It's um, challenging to find the right people. Um, how do I do that? I send a message to everybody, every Catalan I know, I, I need a guy for business development in a startup, um, in probably the biggest market now here in Spain. Do you know somebody? Please share this message. We need somebody, and I'm 100% sure this will be the, the best roller coaster he, he, will, he or she will ever enter. And that's how we build a team right now. Um, talking with people um, um, every day, sending the message out every day. Um, and there we are right now. I have a good and strong functioning, healthy functioning team um, um, in, in this moment. That's pretty cool. And out of curiosity, you don't have to answer this question, eh? but um, so how old is the company now, did you say? How old is the company now, did you say? Uh, the company now is um, minus one day 
old. For minus, one day. minus one day. I will tell you. Tomorrow we have the final meeting at the notary. Uh, we will be registered after tomorrow. Uh, the work we do now is R and D. Uh, we have the right investment now. We have the first paying customers. We have the website, which is absolutely amazing. We have the, our fa- our fa- social media platform that is that is rocking. People love what we do actually. But to be registered to proceed um, operations, we need to be registered. And this operation. The, the registration will be tomorrow at 11 o'clock. It's like, like very proud, no? Yes. I'm very proud. proud. <laughs> very proud. Okay, right. With a minus one day old company. Um, so you got investment, right? Yes. So like what, the FFF model, French Pulse and uh, it's all money. <laughs> Family. Yeah. Yeah. Is it personal investment? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So I had a company before. I had a tourist entertaining company in Amsterdam on the canals. Um, I sail all my life. This, this was pure passion. Uh, I sold this two and a half years ago, and with this money, I came to study here and uh, also found or founding this company, but only for the basics. You need people that believe in your idea to finance you for a little pilot test. We will talk later about how important the pilot actually is. Um, so this is family money, a bit of my money, and um, that creates. Uh, enough money to register us and to sell the first implementations uh, to our first paying customers. And to stay alive in Barcelona. And of course to stay alive in Barcelona. I don't know, have you seen the weather outside? It's absolutely beautiful today. It is beautiful today, but the rent is still as expensive <laughs> as it was yesterday. So yeah, uh, that's the tricky part to, to get. I, I believe like, because for example, right now, speaking of myself, I have shit loads of idea. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to still work a part-time job if I want to continue to get implementing that those ideas forward. So it's, it's tricky to get started, but once you are... Yeah, it is, it is really tricky. Um, but you tell us about Diesel, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, uh, why the people call me Diesel? Well, um, they... Oh, my poor parents, they had the most busy child they could ever imagine. I was running all day, but I... Tr- I when I got older, I could transform this this energy. This this I was always in a rush. This energy into the energy to power my my brain, to start working from from seven in the morning till till twelve in in the in uh, during the night, um, and this took a while to accomplish this. But now, since I'm working on something I really believe in, it's more like working on your passion, on your dream. To, to do something really, really cool in something you really believe in. So right now I, I wake up in the morning, work out and then work all day with my team uh, till I think we did enough. And then I'll fall, fall asleep directly because at the end of the day I'm exhausted and wake up and the whole routine starts again. And this sounds maybe a bit weird, but it's something that gives me energy, uh, something I love to do. And this is and what I love to to keep doing um, um, for a long while. Going back to your question, why they call me the diesel, is that a diesel engine normally, it takes a while to start it up, but if it runs, it will run forever. And that's basically why, why they call me the diesel. <laughs> Um, but we do solar energy system, so the diesel is not the most um, eco-friendly um, energy source. So I don't know exactly the right nickname. So I tried to transform the diesel in the Duracell, like, you know, the battery. But a nickname is, is something you get and you cannot change. Exactly, exactly. So uh, I'm polishing it. 
Well, hopefully next time we come, we'll, we'll call you Duracell and not Diesel. So, um, so you're saying you go work out in the morning, you work all day long. But like, that's what we were talking about before recording the podcast. To me, that's not weird because like, you're passionate about what you do. So when people see themselves doing work with purpose and doing it on purpose, and it's the reason of like, being alive is a big, big thing, but the reason of, of, of doing what they're doing, like if it's their passion, it's, they put the 100% in it. I mean, it's, it's just the coolest thing ever. Why would you want to stop? If that provides you fulfillment, ambition, motivation, Where do you see yourself in like five, ten years? Good question. I see myself um, at a festival or at a festival I attended here um, a couple months ago. It's called um, Four Years From Now. It's a big startup fest where um, successful startups present their, their ideas, uh, smaller seed um, phase startups find investment, uh, people promoting their ideas. And on the big stage there are people Um, talking about their their journey as a as an entrepreneur, um, what they contributed to society, the how they um, grow their grew their their company over the last years. It's called four years from now. It's like the the moment where you were um, four years ago. Those people were invited to the four years from now event, an amazing event. And I was listening to uh, Carlo Tapi, uh, the the C co-founder and CEO of um, Olalus, and a company I uh, I admire. Um, they sell only renewable energies, um, uh, a field I love to talk about and see big potential in as well. She was talking there, and she told she, she was t- telling like like I wanted to be in in a couple of years. People appreciated her that she was working on her passion for so many years and that it actually worked so she talked about her dream and and her dream was actually put in put into practice and this is uh, something i want to do or i want to be in uh, in in uh, in five to ten to ten years i prefer five years but um my my friend victor my co-founder told me i shouldn't be too optimistic all the time i'm as an entrepreneur you need to be realistic as well so maybe in 10 years i could be on um on even the mwc the mobile world congress as well <laughs> <laughs> i understand when you say like the optimism thing like as soon as i have an idea i'm like oh my god this is what's gonna make me successful and like people are like marie just chill chill a bit like relax No, but it's it's a it's a really good dream. I really really think you can get there. The project is cool. Like the project is really. I mean, it's cool, but it makes sense. Yeah. That's the thing. There's so many projects out there that are cool and they look cool and they're great, but there's no market fit. Yours is just like you're just providing energy that is technically free, using the sun in the country that it's one of the hottest in Europe that doesn't use it. So it just definitely makes sense. And in, you, you've had experiences in terms of incubators, accelerators of your project. Yeah. So can you tell us about that? Because that might be interesting. Yeah. I, as I told you, I'm from, from, from Holland and I was studying in Rotterdam. I did a, a master in consultancy, but I found time to, to, to two and a half days free besides my study. So I could do the master in like half the, the time I should normally uh, uh, take. And there was a big, big incubator in Delft. And uh, Delft is uh, it's called Yes Delft, a big tech incubator that, that really creates the, the deep tech of, um, of the things from the future. And um, 
I had no knowledge in, in, in this industry, but I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I think you are an entrepreneur, but you need to be surrounded by the people that do exactly the thing you want to do in the future. So actually, I went there to a company called Nerdalyze. And Nerdalyze, they place um, uh, data centers, like the size of a, of a trolley, um, inside houses. And the, the heat that got um, generated by this small data center got distributed in the house to heat the house and shower. So people could hire or shower for free. And the, the, the cost for data center was, for data centers were or cloud computing were 50% cheaper than normal. It's an amazing business model. I went there and I asked, said actually, I have no knowledge, no experience in this field. Um, I want to do the business development and marketing. Um, I come from engineering, so I can understand the tech, but I know, I want to know how to market this. They appreciated me so much that I was appreciating their idea. Uh, and they saw it. I had no knowledge, but I said, your idea is so freaking amazing. Can I please work with you? Don't pay me, but um, let me first try. And if you like it, if you like me, if, if, you, if I can show that I'm, I'm doing well, then hire me for a longer term. I worked there for five months, six months, and uh, this was the most um, uh, or the best experience I could ever wish for besides a master. So they, besides getting smarter in a master, they teach me exactly the ins and outs of, of how to be an entrepreneur in a, in a in rapidly growing um, industry. So this was my experience, uh, previous experience with uh, uh, working in an incubator. That's super cool. I like that. So now I always ask this question. I don't know if you've listened to episodes before, but I always ask this question. You meet someone. He wants to be an entrepreneur. He's got an idea. What would be your most important advice? What would you tell this person to get started and why? Um, that is a really good question. And this is a question I was asking to other people uh, a lot of times when I was younger. Um, the most important thing is to do good research. Um, an idea is not magical. Your idea could be the best idea ever, but it's not who has the idea, it's the guy that put the idea into practice. Um, if the idea already exists, that's a good sign. That means there's market for it. People already did research. Um, if you have a, an, an amazing idea and, and, and you do research and you found out, find out, actually, th this does not exist. Do you think this might be the best opportunity to start? But there also might be um, other reasons why this idea hasn't been started yet. I mean, there are billions of people on this earth. So there are a lot of people with creative mindsets. So all the ideas, trust me, are, have been thought about before. My advice is to do research um, before you start. Find the right people. Talk about your idea. Share your idea. It's not... Um, that your idea is, 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 um, needs to be secret. Share this idea with experts, share it, this idea with people, and most important, try to figure out if people actually like your idea as well. Is it not only you that believe in it, but do people besides friend and family, because your friends and family, of course, they will like it. Go on the street, ask the people, do you like this idea? And this is, do you have this problem as well? Ask the people, because you're first launching customer is not in 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 on 
in, in this cafeteria or is not in in um, in your 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 group of friends. But your first lunch customer is on the street. Talk with the people on the street. Um, they'll be surprised, but they'll be happy to answer um, to answer you. And um, um, yeah, I think that's that those two things. Do the research. Check if it's there. Ask the people around you, and never ever keep your ideas a secret. Um, but always share and and um, uh, and learn learn a lot from the people. How do I surround myself with the right people? Well, as I as we just discussed, I went to this incubator um, and asked the people, uh, "Can I work here?" They were the people um, I admire them a lot. They were 30 years old. They looked exhausted. They were working on their passion for for, for years, and um, that looked that maybe sounds pretty weird, but that exhausted guy that that worked on his passion for for four years was so impressive to me because he truly believed in, in what he was doing and he, he got tired of working on his his, his, his passion. It is um, finding places where you can surround yourself with the right people. In addition, uh, if you're listening and you want to be an entrepreneur, which is very normal uh, and very cool as well, uh, check in your, in your uh, city for venture capitalists. Even if you have no idea, You can send a message to a venture capitalist. Um, what a venture capitalist does is they have ideas from, from other countries and they do research if it exists in the country of the, the venture capitalist itself. Then they find a team uh, to work on this, this idea. So you will meet new people. That's exactly how I met my, um, my, my, um, my co-founder, Victor. Um, And find the right people to work on this idea. So if you want to find out if entrepreneurship is something for you, just go to this. Um exactly, yeah. And you will, if you don't shoot, you will always miss. So I think um, that is the, the best option. It's free. It's it's very interesting. You will learn a lot. And I think um, the best option for you is just send them a message. If you don't shoot, you will always miss. Like that, like that. If you don't shoot, it's always like. Uh Aim for what? Aim for the stars and land on the moon, or something like that. Wow, that's, that's a whole mouthful. There's a there's a saying like that: aim for the stars, and you'll land on the moon. Like, go for it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So, well, let's close it on that. Right. I think it's a it's a very interesting conversation we've had. Um, so tomorrow you're launching. Tomorrow we are legal. legal. Yeah, we are legal. Tomorrow you're legal. Oh man, I'll be so proud. <laughs> And then we can do that in a couple of months' time. See how the company's doing. Yeah. I'm sure you'll you'll rock it. I'm sure it's gonna be really, really cool. And uh, I'll buy tickets for four years from now <laughs> in a few years' time. Okay, take care of yourself. Thank you very much. And uh, that's it. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, the challenge is accepted. I will see you uh, in four years from now, and I will uh, I'll say everybody listen to her podcast because she really spots the right people. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Take care.